the reason I want you to turn to Ephesians 2, and uh, don't, don't think for a second that, that I can adequately talk about this topic, but uh, there are times in the culture where things happen that are so dramatic and so in your face that it's very hard to ignore them. Uh, and um, in the news right now, uh, with George Floyd's death and with other things that have happened, uh, with uh, riots that are going on, uh, protests that are happening in the world, even amongst Christians, there are extremely strong, heated uh, discussions going on. And um, this is a time where I think, uh, I'm not planning to answer all those questions, but this is a time where I think that the gospel is so precious and valuable because the gospel actually can offer to us the real solution uh, to disharmony between ethnic groups, between people of different classes, uh, and I want to read this passage because I think it's one of the strongest texts in the whole Bible on the topic of unity between different groups of people. And what you may not, what, what you're not going to hear for the most part uh, on social media and in the news right now is the gospel itself. You're going to oftentimes hear a, I don't know how else to say it, a Christless, a gospelless, a godless uh, way of trying to navigate these waters. And I, I have a concern that we not let the world lead the church on this topic. You know what I mean by that? So adopting sort of the world's belief systems, the world's way of thinking through these things, the world's grid, and trying to solve it the world's way. Instead, I think this is a time for the church to be the church, to be the light of the world, the city set on a hill, and for the church to hold up something better as uh, something superior and something that actually can solve this problem. And we can begin to facilitate and show that uh, by the way that we love one another. So let me just read these words. The first 10 verses of Ephesians 2 are probably familiar to most of us about God saving us while we were dead in sin. But let's look at 11 to 22. This is God's word, Ephesians 2, 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he, Jesus, might create in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Let me just pause there. The only ultimate answer to racial hostility and the evils of racism in our society is the cross of Jesus Christ. I know that sounds maybe like not the answer you want to hear. Maybe you want to hear something more elaborate, something more sophisticated. But in reality, if we all recognize our sin and guilt, 
all of us, repent of our sin, trust in Jesus, we are saved by the same Savior, through the same cross, and by the same blood, and therefore we, with our brothers and sisters across the globe, share the most important reality in common with one another. And if we can share the most important thing to our identity, to our salvation, in common, our God can be shared in common through Jesus on the cross, that is the breaking of racial hostility. That, that, that is the turning point where the Lord Jesus becomes central. Let me continue, verse 17. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So I want to take an extended moment here to pray. I want to pray for our society. I want to pray for our country. I want to pray for our city. Uh, and just bow with me and, and pray along in your own heart as we, as we go to the, to the Lord's throne before we sing together. Let's, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, as I and many of us saw, I don't know, dozens of clips of video on the streets of major cities, and I saw just horrifying things. I saw different kinds of assaults and uh, horrific treatment of human beings. Uh, Lord, right now we see it so clearly that we desperately need you. And so, God, I pray that you would make your name hallowed, that you would make it holy, glorious, valuable in our country right now. Lord, I pray that you would show us that secular ideologies are not the answer in these moments, but that the Christian gospel is the answer. Lord, I pray that you would show all of us the brokenness that exists in each of our hearts. Lord, whether it be racism that may lurk in hearts, Lord, help us to hate it like you hate it, because you have made all human beings in your image and in your likeness. Lord, help us to repent of any racist desires, tendencies that might exist in our heart and to flee from them. Father, I pray that you would show us to forgive and to love, that we would be generous and kind. Lord, I pray that our church would be a beacon of hope in the midst of this darkness. And God, I pray that your gospel would go forth and it would shine in Atlanta, that it would shine in all these major cities right now. I pray, God, that people would begin through your work to see that the gospel truly is the answer. And I pray Christians could show the world the unity and the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what it provides and what it alone can do. And I pray for a turning point. Oftentimes when culture is in such unrest and so much seems to be going wrong, those are often moments where the gospel can shine very brightly. And so, Lord, I pray that the gospel would come forth in an unusual and supernatural way, 
that you would revive your work. I'm praying right now specifically for our country, but across the world as well, that you would lift up the cross of Jesus where we hurled our hate, our venom, our animosity, our evil. We hurled it onto God the Son, and God the Son had every reason to retaliate with just and righteous wrath. And yet God the Son absorbed our sin, our hatred, our guilt, our evil into his body on the cross. He absorbed God's righteous judgment. He buried it and rose triumphant and is reigning at the right hand of the throne of God. God, help that message to resonate with our culture now in an unusual way, with unusual gravity and force. Show us that Jesus is the answer and that hostility can only be abolished ultimately in the cross of our Lord Jesus. And we pray for a revival of your work in our society right now for the glory of your son, Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.